Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. And uh, I'm looking a little yellow on the screen there, a little orangey-yellowish, and I don't get that. But anyways, it's the lighting. What are you going to do? Welcome to this Tuesday morning. It's an amazing morning, as always. We've made it through the 9-11 memorial services, and uh, very interesting and unusual things happened over the weekend. And uh, I'm sure that there's more to come, just so much more to come. So bizarre to see people that uh, were very much involved in the, I think I should leave that alone right now. <clears throat> okay, let me say it to you this way. Good morning, once again. God bless you. Uh, we have now on this 14th day of September 2021, we are six days away from the beginning of the great feast of tabernacles. And here's what I'm going to tell you right up front, for those of you that are tuning in at the very beginning of this broadcast, the revelation, the understanding, the wisdom behind this feast is so far surpassing of, I think what we've known and we've been celebrating this for 30 some odd years. And I believe that, we're going to learn things during this Feast of Tabernacles that we've probably never heard before. And I'm going to show you, not today, but what God has given me in my part, uh, why, why there is a greater hope right now for the overcoming, believing sons and daughters of the Most High God than at any other time in the history of the world. And I believe that with all of my heart, and I'm saying it from my heart. I believe that God has some amazing things planned out, prepared, ready-to-go things that are going to genuinely ignite rocket fuel in our spirits to take us beyond the veil of our own humanity into realms of God Almighty that have just been waiting for our ascension and I tell you that there is such intrinsic value to the great Feast of Tabernacles, also known as the Feast of Booths, the Feast of Sukkot. And I don't even want to give a hint of what we're going to be talking about during the great Feast of Tabernacles, but I know it's amazing. I know it's awesome. You know, I just can't wait 
to share that information with the people. And uh, we are doing our part right now as far as getting the uh, place that God has set apart for his feast, at least here in Northwest Arkansas, getting it ready, getting it prepared. People are working this final week. You know, people have taken a week off and uh, we're, it's, it's just, there's so much impartation that is going to happen and take place during the Feast of Tabernacles. Impartation, real impartation. Don't let anybody tell you anything else. I've been doing this for 31 years, hosting the Feast of Tabernacles and the impartation for this year, what God is about to unveil and release into the spirit, into the mind of his people, I am confident it is going to kind of outweigh anything that we've really been looking at. And I'm so excited about it. I'm ready to preach it right now, but I got to let it incubate a little bit more. I got to let it marinate, you know, like a good spaghetti sauce. You got to let these things kind of marinate and cook a little bit longer so that by the time we put it on the dish, it's going to be yummy, 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 good for the tummy. Praise the Lord. Amen. By the way, just in case anybody's out there right now and has ever heard me say, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition, I had a friend come up to me uh, in this past week, and he said to me, you know, I'm very concerned about your church. And I said, you are? Well, what's the problem? He says, you know, you guys keep saying, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition, are you guys some kind of a military, militant, blah, you know? And I laughed at him. I said, man, we are not asking the Lord to give us physical ammunition. We are praying for the spiritual ammunition, for the spiritual battle that we're in. He started laughing, and, and I said, did you really think we were wanting actual ammunition for physical war? And he said, yeah, I really did. I said, no, 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 no. We praise the Lord and pass the ammunition is something one of our elders, Brother George Wright, shared with us while he was here because he remembered the old days in, the, in World War II and they said, pass the, uh, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. So he was always talking to us about passing the ammunition, meaning the spiritual weapons of our warfare, which are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So if anybody ever thought that we were saying praise the Lord, pass the ammunition meant physical Mm-mm, that's never been the case. So I just wanted you to know that, praise God. And we're laboring, we're laboring to enter into his rest. We're laboring. And what I want to share with you today, you see, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until people get online because, you know, Facebook took us off. We had like 480 Uh, different subscribers, which was halfway to where we needed to be to be able to launch out a little deeper. Uh, And then because we talked about the vaccinations and all that stuff, they they banned that page or they put us in timeout or whatever they they do. Uh, So we're kind of, you know, restarting again on these different platforms and uh, we'll keep doing the best we can to reach out there and make things more palatable. Um, But there's so much. There's so much. And my prayer to God for for you is that you will be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now, and that you will make the Father's Feast most important in your life, and that you'll put other things aside, and you'll step out to wherever you live, wherever there's a Feast of Tabernacles. You know it's a seven-day feast. Do you know that we're going to be celebrating and rejoicing for seven days, and with the revelation and the unveiling of God's eternal purpose involved in these things and the strategic intrinsic value of what we're doing. Um, I, I just know it's going to be an amazing time. And, and it always has been, it's not blowing smoke. It's always been an amazing time. It's just a wonderful thing to fellowship, to break away from the things of the world for a week and to spend time with God and his people. And um, it's a preparation time. The, title of today's message that I put out there was five months to finalize preparations, five months to finalize preparations. And I've been doing this long enough to learn lessons, be careful about things we say and things we put out there. Um, I'm sticking with it. 
five months, I believe that there's a moment coming on the world stage that is going to be resemblant to what happened when God called his people, Israel, out of Egypt during the Passover month. And if you'll recall the story, it was at a time when in the spring, at the beginning of a new year, that God released his people and delivered them from the house of bondage. That word release is very important because we are in a Shemitah year right now, as you know. The Shemitah is a time of release. But if we are to look at the Hebrew calendar in its purest form, that release will actually begin in the spring. It's in the civil rabbinical calendar that they fast-forwarded the year to 5782. As you know, there is no such thing as Rosh Hashanah in the Hebrew text, in the Torah, or in the Bible. These are rabbinical thoughts where the Rosh, the head of the year, Rosh Hashanah, uh, the head of the year, really the seventh month is just the beginning of the fall feasts. In the Torah, in the unadulterated word of God, there is a new year begins in the first month of Nisan, or Abib, okay, different names in the Babylonian era and all of that, but it's a spring. And April 2nd, 2022, in our Gregorian calendar, will be the beginning of the new year. That'll be the first day of the first month of a new year, which will turn to 5782, which will be the actual release. And what's interesting in our Shemitah year, in, our, in, in the Shemitah that will begin, which is the Shemitah is the name for the word release. So if you go back to Deuteronomy 15 and you say there'll be a release, it's a Shemitah. And it's a release of debts. It's a release, a release of all things bondage, Okay. But it was at that time that the Israelites came out of Egypt, okay? They left Egypt while God was destroying the land with all kinds of crazy things from frogs to lice to darkness to little comets, asteroids, water turning to blood, uh, you know, all these different <clears throat> plagues that hit the world system of that day. And Egypt then is a type and shadow of the global reality today. And I'm sticking to my faith and my guns that God is saying, you have five months to get yourself ready to be in the proper place, okay, to tie things up, loose ends, get them prepared. Because I have no problem with the reality that the world is coming to an end. The world in which we live is going to be fully judged under the power of an antichrist spirit, I have no problem knowing that war is coming, collapse is coming, pestilence is coming, plague is coming, earthquakes and hurricanes and violent storms and flooding and all the things that we've already seen in preview form, they're going to be maximized, they're going to be multiplied, they're going to be intensified, they're going to be catastrophic, they're going to be unbelievable, the mind of man will absolutely flip out when they begin to see the things that are coming on the earth, and many men's hearts will fail for fear of what they see coming, and yet I can confidently stay here today, it's okay with me, it's okay, and it should be okay with all of God's people, because it was okay for God to destroy Egypt to release his people from a system that was brutal. Now, a lot of people are not going to leave Babylon. A lot of people are not going to leave Egypt. And you have to kind of balance the types of shadows here. When the time came after 70 years of captivity, as you know, scripture, when prophet Jeremiah spoke and said, God told him, he says, Israel, you're going into captivity for 70 years under King Nebuchadnezzar. And then they went into captivity. But when the time came for them to leave Babylon and to go back to their homeland, 
most of them stayed in Babylon. And in these last days, it's going to be the same thing. The call to come out of her, my people, will go forth, but very few, a remnant, will hear the call. The rest will remain in Babylon or the Egyptian empire, if you will, and they will stay there because it's comfortable. They've learned the ways of Babylon. They're familiar with the ways of Egypt, and yet they're unfamiliar with what will hit as citizens of, these, of this kind of world empire, which is the Great Tribulation, which everything will turn against them. Everything will turn against them. The only right place to be during the Great Tribulation is the place that God has called you to as an overcomer, as one that will be spared, as one that will be preserved, as one that will be kept, as one that will be hidden, as one that will be protected by God like they were in the land of Goshen. Okay? So there are these places of safety. But I believe with all of my heart, and I'm on the air to tell you, regardless of what things look like, I'm here to tell you that five months, and I, again, we're on the 14th day of September, and if you mark that out to April 2nd, that will be the beginning of the first year. And I, I'd like to do this just because we're kind of slow in the going this morning. I'd like to go to uh, my, my little calculator here. I love this Hebrew calculator. And so if I go to the day, for example, if I go to, and I've done this once before, but if I do the second day of the month, and we're going to go all the way to the month Nisan, Jan, oh, no, no, I'm going to have to go to uh, April, second day of April, done, and I want to convert it, and it's going to have to be 2022 at that point, and that's going to be, all right, so, uh, Saturday, April 2nd, 2022, will be the first day of Nissan. So write it down. Just write it down. Check it out. So the very first day of the new year in the Hebrew calendar will be April 2nd, 2022. So that will be the time when the year goes forward to 5782 in God's calendar. Okay, not the rabbinical civil calendar. Okay, but I do want to remind our friends about something here, and let's just make it a, an easy way to understand it. The new school year for most kids between kindergarten or first grade and, and high school or whatever, the new year begins, let's say, September, okay? They had their, their summer vacation. Now school's going to begin August, September. So let's say the new year begins in September for all the students going to school. Have you ever known a time when September came and school began, the new year began, that they fast-forwarded the Gregorian calendar to the new year? No, the Gregorian calendar stays January 1st or December 31st, January 1st. That's the new year. And it won't change to the next year until the next January 1st, right? So even though the kids start a new year in their education, it doesn't mean that the year fast-forwarded. So the rabbis, the rabbinical thinkers, and, you know, the, the, in the civil calendar of a new year beginning, for them, is not biblical. It is not Torah. It is not anywhere to be found anywhere in Scripture. It's all rabbinical thought. And remember, the rabbis have missed it before, okay? And you have to be aware of the traditions of men and the commandments of men and the doctrines of men not the Word of God. So if we're going to stay to the Word of God, it's going to be 5781 all the way up until April 2nd, 2022. Now, because we're in the year 5781, it's more, it's more understanding that God has given us the revelation that 5781 in the Hebrew, that number means pack your bags, tribulation, oppression, uh, pressure, uh, philipsis, all, all the meaning that we have talked about through, you know, we've talked about this for years, but we're in that time of pack your bag season. We're in that time of tribulation period. We're in that day. We're in that hour. Now, for those that are going to pack their bags and they're going to go out and be led by the Holy Spirit to the place God wants them to be, and they're not going to stay behind in Egypt and Babylon, trusting in the world government and all that stuff, those who do are going to get caught in the snare. 
See, Jesus said, like a snare, it shall come upon the whole earth. It's very simple. Jesus in Luke 21 said, as a snare shall it come on the whole earth, and they shall not escape. In other words, they who are in the trap when it springs are not going to escape. So God is giving us all these warnings ahead of time, even in the numbers of the Hebrew calendar of the year that we're in right now. And he's saying, you've got to pack your bags. There's something coming. There's affliction. There's oppression. There is tribulation. There is trouble coming down the pike. Now, because we recognize that sometimes we get caught into numbers or caught into a paradigm of understanding and thinking, we have to always give place to, well, that's, you know, is this a thus saith the Lord? Is this a real word from the Lord? Or are these little uh, parts of a puzzle that we're picking up and we're putting together uh, mentally, judicially, very carefully? Um, <clears throat> yes, is the answer to that. Someone once said, it's better to err on the side of caution than it is to be just ignorant. There are so many signs right now, as there have been in times past, and we have to be careful with them, and I get that. But when one looks through the biblical lens at the signs of the times, it's not difficult to understand what time it is. But then when you add all these other components, like the Hebrew calendar, the year 5781, the meaning of it, um, and all of these things, we should, and, and, and this is the advice that I would give to anybody that's there, don't linger like Lot, okay? Um, pack your bags as the Spirit of the Lord leads you to be where you're supposed to be. Okay, so get yourself ready to go. So let's say that today somebody hears this message and they say, okay, I'm convinced that I've got five months and uh, the new year, uh, 5782, will be on April 2nd, 2022, and that's when the Shemitah will really begin, the year of release, and we know that Israel was released from the house of bondage uh, at that same time, and so we need to go out, we need to be prepared, get into our prepared place, and, and be okay. And then, five months from now, the new year comes, 5782, which means the awakening to wake up. And some people will wake up on the right side of the day. Some people will wake up on the wrong side of the day. But all of a sudden, everything's just as normal as it always has been. And you have spent your time moving. You have discomforted yourselves in uh, getting to a prepared place. And you labored and you've spent energy and finances to get ready, get ready, get ready. But the year comes and nothing happens. And it's Everything's the same. If you have gone through the effort of making preparations to follow kind of a mystery uh, path that, that is being revealed, it's like the unveiling of mysteries and all these different things we're talking about, and you do go to another place, and you do move from Los Angeles to Omaha, Nebraska, or whatever, and you get into that prepared place, and you have your new dwelling place, you're, you're, you're part of a, a new congregation of believers that are like-minded, um, you have changed your job, your kid's school, you know, everything's changed, but you were led to do it, and you thought, okay, well, this pastor was saying here, we have five months to get everything done, so we're going to make the move, because we're kind of feeling it, we're kind of seeing it, you get there, nothing changes. Is that going to be okay with you? Is that going to be all right, that you made the transition? from a more hostile environment into a more peaceful environment? Is it going to bother you to be living off the grid? Is it going to be bothering you to have stored up your food and your medical supplies and your water? Is it going to bother you if you wake up and it's April uh, you know, 15th, 2022, and everything's still normal, uh, then into July and August and September and everything's still normal, are you going to become disheartened? Are you going to get into a spirit of unbelief? Are you going to get angry? Well, God, they told me to go, and I did, and I nothing changed, and I could have still been back in, you know, where I was there, and we had a nice life, and we had a pretty home, and we were in a nice environment, uh, at least, you know, as far as weather, like Sodom and Gomorrah was probably not the best environment to be living in, especially if you had children, right? And so you came out, 
and you're in this new place? Is it going to bother you? So are you going, okay, this guy told me, and I'm going to do it, but if it doesn't work, man, am I going to be really angry at him? Well, you could be. You could take that, that position. And if I were you at that time, if you feel that way about it, I wouldn't do anything. You know, I'm not telling you to trust the word of a man. All I'm saying is that the Bible is showing some pretty intrinsic stuff and that we should be warning. Now, I love when God speaks directly through his prophets, and even then when he spoke directly through the prophets of the people, a long period of time came before their words were fulfilled. Um, <clears throat> you have to know something in your heart. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit is saying to you, Things are going to get great from, these, from this day forward. Uh, Joe Biden, Comrade Kamala, Bill and Hillary Clinton, Barack and Michael Obama are all going to be arrested. Everybody connected them are going to prison. The vaccination scandal is going to come to an end, be fully exposed. COVID-19 is going to show itself as a bioweapon that was a, an excuse for New World Order maneuvers. In other words... All of a sudden, everything's going to be all right. And then Donald Trump is going to be reelected. He's going to become the president like he really was. And we're going to fast forward, and we're going to, and we're going to see nothing but glorious days ahead. The city that I'm living in right now is going to be transformed. There's going to be a renewing. Everybody's going to come together. We're all going to get along. God's glory and peace is coming back on the earth. The joy of the Lord is going to fill the earth. And that's where we are. And that's what I believe. And that's, that's, that's my piece. I believe that. Then you need to follow that. You, you need to absolutely go with what you're believing. Now, does the Bible speak against that kind of a mindset? Well, I believe it does. I believe that the signs of the times are clear evidence that things aren't going to get better, but they're going to get far worse. But things have to get far worse before the glory comes. And I'm talking about the glorious one, Jesus Christ, is going to come back to this earth, and he's going to come to gather together his elect in the resurrection and the translation that's ready to take place, the harpazo. And then we're going to be with the Lord as all these things are going to transpire on earth with the wrath of God being poured out on the earth, which, by the way, I'd like to walk through that very cautiously this week. I want to do that in the book of Revelation because we say things and they're too fast and people don't get it. So we're going to slow it down and we're going to walk through some stuff. So... You have to be convinced. The only thing I know is that I'm going to give an account for what I'm saying. I'm going to stand before God, not as an exaggerationist, nor somebody that just wants to promote drama. Uh, I, I've been around that. I've seen that. I, I believe that there is a place where people actually do love to feed on drama. I really look through a biblical lens, and I see what the Bible says, and it's way beyond just man's drama I believe it's God's end-time dramatic theme of what's going to be happening. So when I read the Bible, I see everything saying, follow this word. Pack your bags. Get into the right place. Be with the right people at the right time. Do the right things. Uh, you know, go through a minor, you know, when, when the Israelis came out of Egypt, they had to pack all their stuff. They had to get themselves ready. They were putting lamb's blood on their houses so the angel of death wouldn't come over. Uh, they had to get all their stuff. They had to flee. They had to leave. I mean, it was very discomforting, and it was uncomfortable. They could have stayed just at ease in Babylon, if you will, but there was a call to go out. And the only person that they knew was Moses. Now, Moses was speaking to them, but there were things going on in the land. It wasn't just blind faith. I mean, the darkness for three days did come where a man couldn't see his own hand in front of his face. The lice came. The frogs came. The, 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 the water turned to blood came. And the hail came. And the fire came. And all these things did come. And there was this evidence. And we live in a world where there's a lot of evidence and a lot of negative stuff is going on. And are we to interpret that as just, well, that's the seasonal cycle of things? Do you really believe that we're in a seasonal cycle? Uh, what we've just been through for the last year and a half, two years? I don't think so. So, again, Moses was telling them, and they were willing to listen for a moment. There were signs accompanying what he was saying was true. And the day came that the angel of death did go over. They did go out, and it was a great exodus, a release, a Shemitah, when they went out. Are we living in the same type of environment right now? Are we living in the days of 
going out? Is there any New Testament scripture that says, come out of her, my people? You bet there is. Uh, Is there any place in the Bible that says that you need to flee when you see these signs come to pass? Flee to the mountains of Judea? Sure there are. New Testament instruction from Jesus Christ himself to John the Revelator, to the Apostle Paul, James, Peter, they all have this message. So we're not just going by exaggerated, dramatic themes. We're looking at what things have been like, and there have been some premature actions, but even those who thought they went out prematurely are much further ahead than those that are just going to be leaving now, because I do believe that God's word says go and prepare a place for them that the woman that goes into the wilderness, there's a place that has been prepared for her. Well, who's doing the preparing? And what is that wilderness? And what's going on with that thinking, okay? So you have to be the decision maker. You may say, well, they said this 10 years ago. They said this 15 years ago. Well, be careful that you don't fulfill Bible prophecy saying, well, they've been saying this since the beginning of creation. You have to be careful not to become a scoffer or a mocker at all, okay? But here's the interesting side of this moment. Um, You may say, well, truly, they did say it 10 years ago and nothing happened. They said 20 years ago, nothing happened. They said, whatever. Well, is everything today the same it was then? Or are we closer to a reality? You have to answer that question. And I think the world has changed enough to get us some honest thinking. The glorious thing about this moment is I think that the overcomers, the more than conquerors, the fearless remnant, the unoffended uh, saints of God who have chosen to forgive everything and everybody who are walking with a clear conscience before God and men, I believe they're looking at this moment saying, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, this means you're coming. You see, the overcomers, the true saints of God, they don't want this sin-sick world to just keep going on in the way it's going on. They want the Lord to come and to bring his kingdom and his administration. We're tired of the Barack Obama administrations, the Joe Biden administrations. I call it the O'Biden administration. Even the Trump administration is not a perfect administration. What we want is the administration of the king of glory, Jesus Christ. We want Jesus to return We want him to come, right? And he promises that he will. And he tells us the environment that he will come in. And, you know, in Islamic theology, the Muslims around the world believe that they have to create an environment for their Mahdi to come. And the environment that needs to be created is chaos and death and war and tribulation and famine and pestilence. In other words, the world has to be kind of like it is right now. And so Muslims around the world are waiting for their Mahdi to come. We know him as the Antichrist. We know him as the beast, the little horn, the man of sin, the son of perdition. We know these things. But to Muslims, in their mind, they're sending letters every day by the tens of thousands in a little well in Qom, Iran. Little old ladies and men and children, they write letters and they drop it in the well. And they're hoping that the Mahdi will be reading them. He is the Khalifa. He's the one that was been around. They're just waiting for him to come out of the well and to rule the world and to unite the Sunni and Shia tribes of Islam to form a caliphate. And that's why he's the Khalifa of the caliphate. That's what they're waiting for. And they're working really hard to bring chaos and confusion and all these things because that's the environment that the Mahdi will come in. We know that the Antichrist will come at a very dark time. We know that the Antichrist will come with flattery and he'll have solutions and he'll bring world peace and he'll sign a peace treaty. We know all these things, right? So we should be, as Christians who have the light of truth, more desirous of Jesus to return. And some people say, well, Jesus put us on the earth so that we would take the dominion and rule the day and and we bring in the kingdom, we usher in the kingdom and all that by our taking control of political power, et cetera, et cetera. I don't believe that. I believe there's a time for that, but I believe that time will come when we're ruling and governing five cities and ten cities. Jesus said he who overcomes are going to have five cities. It's during the millennial reign that the ecclesia will be ruling and reigning with a rod of iron under the administration of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what could be better than that, right? So why would I want to delay? Why would we as Christian men and women desire to... Hold back Jesus so that we can live our best life right now. 
No, I don't think that's accurate. I'm sorry. I don't believe that's true. Uh, The more we desire for the Lord to come, the Spirit and the bride say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. You see, the mind of the Spirit and the mind of the bride is not delay, hold back, wait a second. The mind of the Spirit and the mind of the bride is, come quickly, Lord Jesus, return. We want you to return. We want you to come back. We love not our lives unto the death. We take up our cross. We die to the world, the flesh, the devil, the entertainment of Babylon and all the dainties and the delicacies of Babylon. We don't want them. We want you are our delicacy. You are our delight. We want you to return. Now, when the cry of the spirit and the cry of the bride is is in that harmony, well, praise God. That means the people have finally come to a place of loving God more than anything on this earth. And this is the number one thing we should all be hoping for. So God's plan for what is coming in the future is so far beyond the very best that any day could ever give us on this earth right now. I just want to encourage you in that. So we're not ashamed and we're not afraid and we're not going to, well, what will people think about us if we tell them, you know, five months, you better be in the right place. And then nothing happens. We're not concerned about that. God is revealing something. We believe it. Therefore we speak. The apostle Paul said, we believe, therefore we speak. We believe that God is unveiling mysteries. He's revealing things and that we are living in the last days. We have no, we're not embarrassed about that just because they said it a hundred years ago. We're not embarrassed about the fact that we're the final generation where the fig tree Israel put forth its branches in our generation. We're not uh, embarrassed to say that technology has exploded or knowledge has increased all over the world. We're not embarrassed by prophetic words of the Bible because we're not ashamed of the gospel. This is our wisdom. We're not going to just try to appease men's consciences by telling them what they want to hear, smooth, flattering things, so that they could be at peace with enjoying their best life now mentality. And there's nothing wrong wrong with having a great life, by the way. We've all been given an abundance of life. It's a quality of life. And we should be enjoying the life that God has given us. But part of the enjoyment is also having front row seats to the greatest end time events that scripture has ever revealed. And why should we be ashamed to say, pack your bags, man, five months, get ready, get your preparations ready. Uh, We're getting ready to go out of here into the wilderness, into the uncharted realms of lack of ease in Babylon, the comforts of Zion. They're at ease in Zion. They're at ease in Babylon. No, there's a discomforting of preparation to get ready if you really understand what the Bible says and what we believe. And the timing just seems to be consistent with the events that are going on all over the world. Simultaneously, at the same time, while Israel became a nation, technology has exploded. People travel all over the world. They call evil good, good evil. Uh, You know, all the signs are here. Every single sign. And now, for the last 20 years, okay, all these previews from 9-11-2001, to this very moment, all previews. Now comes what? The final act. Previews. Now comes the reality, the book of Revelation. And I believe that we are getting ready to see in the next five months. I mean, you're going to need a further witness, obviously. You're going to need some help. You know, you're going to need some proof. You know, why should I move out of Los Angeles or where I'm living uh, in, in, in the inner cities? Why should I go to a more uninhabited place? And why should I find those of like mind? And why should I change my lifestyle from what I enjoy? Why should I do that? I think you're going to see some proof in the next several months. But I really hope that you'll have, you've seen enough that you're starting to already say, man, I don't want to live in an inner city. I've seen what Antifa could do. I've seen what Black Lives Matter can do. I've seen what, uh, you know, false flag events are like. I've seen, um, I've I've just seen enough to encourage me to at least lift a finger to start doing something, but I think you're going to see a lot more. And I think you're going to see it for this reason. I believe you're going to see some pretty tough stuff happening 
in the sun, moon, and stars, in the celestial skies, in those sea and the waves roaring, I really believe you're going to see an acceleration of more stuff to encourage you that your relocation into the place that God has called you to is not a mistake. So get ready. Get ready for the next several months to see upgraded. Now, you know, someone was talking to me about 5G towers, how the whole world is going 5G. And as I understand it, I'm not an expert in 5G technology, but from what I understand is that the 5G towers is going to bring every nation up into the open. That's what I believe it's all about. So the 5G towers are something that I heard. They're baking people's brains. It's an easy way to say it. They're cooking their flesh. Uh, they're messing with the circuitry of the brain. Uh, that there's an actual interfacing going on between the computer networking with the 5G towers and the actual brain of man. There's a circuitry integration that's underway for mind control. There are signals that can be sent into the brain through these little devices or whatever they are, through high-powered high 5G towers that could actually be thought transferences of what they want to communicate to your brain. Your brain will pick it up and nations will begin to fall into this. But along the way, you got to take a lot of people out. People got to die of cancer and all these different sicknesses and diseases from the cooking of the physical body by the 5G energy that's being released, supposedly. This is what they say. This is what I've learned about 5G towers, along with a bunch of other stuff that they want to do. So what an interesting moment. You have to be a decision maker. You have to make a choice. And I can tell you this. We made a decision 12 years ago to exit Babylon, California. And we were led by the Holy Spirit into Northwest Arkansas. There is not one day in 12 years that I have ever regretted leaving California. I've never regretted it. Not a day, not an hour, not a moment have I ever said, dear God, in earnest, what did I do? I mean, we all ask, what the heck are we doing in Northwest Arkansas, right? But I never regretted leaving California and being in Northwest Arkansas. In fact, what I saw during the last 12 years was God's blessing, God's favor, God's goodwill. I've, I've seen the glory of God. I've got the best friends that I've ever had in my life. I'm surrounded by the best ecclesia church, the people that I've ever known in my life. There was a woman from Pakistan that came to me many years ago in San Diego, and she prophesied. She said, right now there are serpents trying to bite you at your feet. There's serpents all around. But I'm sending men in your direction, and she said there will be six of them that are going to surround your life, and they're going to be crushing the serpents. Don't worry about it. She prophesied that to me. Her name was Famida. She was from Pakistan. She was a prophetess. She prophesied this over my life. I'm surrounded by that body of men right now. I have the best friends in the, the best ever. I mean, I've, I've always had friends of, you know, I'm real good friends. My best friend is my wife, Patricia Joy Xavier. She's my best friend in the whole world. And so every man should feel about his spouse, I would imagine. But as far as male friends, I've got the best. I'm surrounded by the best. And uh, I love that. So what I'm saying is that my transition 12 years ago into this region there's been no regrets because I know that God told me to do this. Did I think 12 years ago that something was ready to happen 12 years ago? Yes. I really believed that things were going to go way south really quick 12 years ago. Did they? No. I came here. Things I thought were going to happen immediately did not happen as immediately. Has there been an ongoing unfolding of events that are shaking the world? Yes, but not in the way that I thought. But did that discourage me and say, I regret that I made the move? I never did. I never did. I walked for five years broken, 
because I really believe something. I was broken, not regret that I made the transition, just broken in that I really thought things were going to go south and they didn't. But I'm here now and we've been doing a lot of preparing. And are things going south? They are going south. Have they gone far south? Well, since we've been here, they issued men marrying men and women marrying women. And we've had all these perverse laws and vaccines. You know, you, you, you see where we're at. So we're here prepared. No regret. We got through those five years of walking with a limp, broken inside. And the Spirit of the Lord came back and gave the prophetic juices again, began to say things, write things, declare things that are happening again, being very careful. And I'm at a point where I truly believe that the next five months need to be months of preparation and getting into the place that God has called each person to get into. And time will tell, obviously, but you need to know where you're at. If you're going to ride out the storm and you're going to say, well, I'm staying right where I'm at and I'm not budging because I just don't believe that, time will tell. Time will tell. April 2nd. An amazing time. And I say five months because we're September right now, so you have October, November, December, January, February. I'm like, get those five months and then have March, the rest of March, and then get ready for that April 2nd to be out or go out prepared. And it was funny with Israel, they just left in like days. Everything was just given to them in days you got to get out of here. And they hurried up and left. And I think God's given us some more information about that. So now everything I just said has to be backed by Scripture. There has to be a biblical backing of the Word of God for what we've just been talking about for, what, 47 minutes. And so I want to get to some comments before we go much further. And just say hello to a few friends out there. Cindy Messman is with us today. Good morning, Cindy. God bless you. Uh, Charlotte Gotch is with us this morning. Good morning to you, Charlotte. Kevin Hauger. Good morning, Kevin. God bless you. Terry Shannon. Hello, Pastor Vincent and Patricia. And Brenda Torville. Hello, Terry Shannon. Bless you, sir. I wonder if we're going to see you for the Feast of Tabernacles. Carol Page Carey. Good morning. Good morning, Carol. Melissa Fletcher. Pastor Melissa. We'll be seeing you in just a few days now. Good morning to you. Uh, Thoth Elkem, my brother out there. Good morning, Mark. God bless you. Israel did 9-11. Okay, probably. Mark goes on to say the end times was 6370. Okay, so Mark's going back his, uh, uh, man, he's going back with the uh, preterist ideas about Bible prophecy, and uh, he has every right to do so. Uh, nobody's coming a third time. Okay, I don't know what he's talking about there, just being a little bit obstinate, and that's Okay. Uh, let's go. Dennis Sossaman says, good morning. Uh, good morning to you, Denny. God bless your heart, sir, um, and Sally, and to the rest of the ecclesia that's out there. So what are your thoughts about what you're hearing right now? What I'd like to do is open the telephone lines and give you an opportunity to call in and agree or disagree, agree or disagree on just what we've been talking about. Maybe you have a different take on things. I'd love to hear from you. The number to call is area code 818-369-0326. I'll put it on the board for you. 818-369-0326. All right, there's the number. And all you do when you call that number is press one on your dial pad, and I'll bring you into the conversation. You know, speaking about preterism, the idea that all Bible prophecy has been fulfilled in 70 AD is ludicrous. It's ludicrous. Maybe there are a few things that were fulfilled. Um, for instance, 70 AD, the Titus and the Roman armies, you know, came into Jerusalem and destroyed the temple. There's truth to that. Uh, the temple was destroyed. There's truth to that. But to insist that all end time Bible prophecy has been fulfilled and that we have been in the millennial reign for the last 2000 years where Christ has been ruling the nations while there's been bubonic plagues, 
50 million people killed during the Bolshevik Revolution, the Crusades, the Inquisitions, World War I, World War II, and that that is under the control and the dominion of the Christ of glory? Ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous that the world is under the rule and reign of Jesus Christ and the church. Um, it's ludicrous, and yet people believe it. But just as ludicrous is the pre-tribulational rapture, and yet millions upon millions of people believe it. You know, one of the things that I've come into contact with, that I've been observing, and I know I'm not an expert by, by any stretch of the imagination in anything, quite frankly, but I see so much false doctrine and it's so obviously false and yet it's being spread everywhere and you hear it and it's not just different opinions about things okay it's people teaching as experts doctrine that is simply not in alignment with scripture. And that's why I think it's very important to teach scripture. You know, uh, people that are preaching the pre-trib rapture are not preaching scripture. People that are preaching preterism, hyper-preterism, or even some mild preterism, whatever, they're not preaching scripture. And yet, there are scriptures that are pulled out to support their ideas. And most people today are not ministering these doctrines because of their own personal study. What they've done is they're just regurgitating and they're parroting what others have taught. So they don't study scripture to come up with their ideas. They study the doctrines of preterism and, and preacher of rapture, and they they take those as truths, and then they spread them, and they put scripture to them, but it's not really in order. It's very, very sad that the church has come to a place in its psyche, in its psychology, that don't worry about end-time Bible prophecy. It's already been fulfilled 2,000 years ago. That's very sad because they're missing out on the glory of what's really happening right now. And then that the church has condescended to such a low hope in the times of difficulty, oh, we're out of here in a preacher of rapture. How sad is that when there's a greater hope than a preacher of rapture? You see, this is what the church has settled for. This is what people settle for. And it's really sad that people do that. Um, when there's pure doctrine, there's pure scripture, and we need to get involved in what the Bible actually says. And this week, that's what I'm going to spend all week on. I'm going to go through the Bible, and I'm going to teach on every single one of these doctrines. I just heard a doctrine the other day that the book of Revelation is not a chronological order. I'll dispel that lie in five minutes. In five minutes, the Bible will dispel that lie that the book of Revelation is not a chronological unfolding of events. It absolutely is, and the Bible proves it if you let the Bible interpret itself. So we're, we're going to get into every one of them because we have to again. And we're going to look at the true hope of the church. And then, of course, we're going to stay involved in the Feast of Tabernacles. So if you have any questions about what you heard today, that number's on the screen, 818-369-0326. And then, of course, all you do is press 1 on your dial pad. You have to press 1 on your dial pad. And then I'll see you calling in, and I'll bring you into the broadcast, and we could talk. And what I'd like to do is just, if you've been from the beginning, hearing what we're talking about, any questions, any comments, let's give it a shout. We could, we could dive in from there. Um, so this week, that's what we're going to be doing. I have, by the way, a great gift for the people um, that are going to be coming to the Feast of Tabernacles. I can't share it with you right now, but each person is going to receive uh, a gift, whether they in, enjoy the gift or not, whether they use the gift or not. Um, there's a gift, and I've got this week to get it ready to go. And so, praise the Lord. Let's see. 
so that's kind of where I want to lay it right there for today. Just kind of lay it out and we'll move forward in actual teaching in the scriptures as we get ready to go this week. The last week, we have a lot of work to do. That's why I'm cutting my broadcast short. We have a lot of work to do and very little time to get it done to get all the final preparations for the Feast of Tabernacles and welcoming and preparing for the ministers of God that are coming. And I I sense a real beautiful shift in the spirit. Listen, I don't mean to be offensive to people that believe in false doctrine, okay? We've all been deceived, and we potentially can all be deceived. In the last days, anybody could be deceived. And quite frankly, I don't want to argue or become offensive in my rejection of things that I hear, like the preacher rapture or once saved, always saved, or preterism, all Bible prophecy has been fulfilled. Um, I reject those doctrines because they disarm God's people from preparing and knowing the things that God's word are actually saying that are being fulfilled. You know, if God's word said nothing about the events that we're looking at right now all over the world, I would tend to agree with some of those things, maybe. I don't know. Um, But God's word is speaking. So, you know, I don't want to be your enemy because I don't agree with you. And don't be my enemy because I reject what you're trying to present. Um, if somebody came out and they started, they started preaching uh, the preacher of rapture, uh, we would listen to them. And the first moment they said 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we'd have to stop it and say there is no preacher of rapture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It's nonsense. And when people come up with the preterist idea that we've been under the righteous rule and reign of Jesus Christ, like the Bible says, for the last millennium or two, uh, I'd have to say I reject that idea. That is not because during the millennium, Satan is bound. They turn their swords into plowshares. It's never happened. It's not real. It's an idea to be rejected. Were some things fulfilled in Bible prophecy? Yes. Yeah, but that's not the conclusion of the matter. I mean, there's, there's just so much. I mean, to understand what were those things? Well, Jesus answered three questions. When will, be, when will these things be? The destruction of the temple. What shall be the sign of your coming and the end of the world? And what was he talking about? His coming. One man wrote a book called Josephus that said that Jesus Christ came back with the armies of God in 70 AD. He did. Where did he go? And if he's the ruler... On the earth, why are things in the condition they're in and have been for the last 2,000 years? I could just see it now. Christians being persecuted all over the world and Jesus not having anything to say about it. See, I reject that idea. It's not true. It's not even close to being true. So the idea of exposing false doctrine by the word of God because every single one of the false doctrines that are prevalent in society today are doctrines that disarm people from preparing. Isn't that interesting? Once saved, always saved. You you just relax, take it easy. We're out of here before the Antichrist comes. Don't worry about anything. Don't have to do anything. We're in the millennial reign. The devil's bound, and the false prophet and the beast are gone, and we're all in the millennial reign. What? See, they're all designed to shift people's attention away from the truth, the exaggerated truth of, and this is good, the love of many are about to wax cold all over the world. Many people are about to get really offended all over the world. Betrayal is going to run rampant in the body of Christ all over the world. Have these things never been before? Of course they've been before. But in the final moments of time, prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, it's going to explode exponentially in the greatest three-and-a-half-year tribulation the world has ever known. Not the wrath of God, the wrath of the devil. 
Very plain, Scripture says. So we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. And we will. Until tomorrow, this is Pastor Vince. Hopefully you'll be able to kind of share with your friends to join us tomorrow as we begin our journey through the scriptures, confronting doctrines of demons that are deceiving God's people and putting them in a position of being frightfully unprepared for what's coming down the pike. All right, we're going to leave it there for now. Have a super blessed day. Right now, there is a roundtable discussion going on at omegaradio.org. OmegaRadio.org. I see a lot more people just jumped online, so maybe we should hang out a little bit longer. I'm waiting for your call, 818-369-0326, to get your impressions, to get your uh, thoughts and ideas about what we're talking about here today. Um, Because this pastor believes that the next five months are going to show that there are events that are going to help you to prepare and understand what time it really is, and that there is a preparation for going out because of what is coming into a preserved place. And that's where I'm standing. But I thank God that in six days, he's going to gather his people all over the world in different places for the Feast of Tabernacles. And the revelation of the feast, off the charts, glorious realm, the realm of glory. There are many people right now that are being taken over I don't know if you believe this or not, but the Bible actually predicts it. Many people are being taken over by demonic spirits because they're offended and they're losing their love. And once that happens, the idea of once saved, always saved is no longer in existence. You see, there's an all-out spiritual battle right now to get people out of alignment with God. And this is why the Bible says to keep the peace. As much as lieth within you, keep the peace with all men. And that's not to say we compromise the word of God to keep peace. You never do that. Okay? But we tell the truth in love. And you just have to know that there are demon spirits that are moving throughout this earth, occupying the minds of men, occupying their thoughts, their emotions, their imaginations. And this is spiritual warfare. And if you don't put on the full armor of God, If we're not ready for this kind of battle, we will be swept away by the flood that is coming out of the mouth of the dragon. We will be swept away, and we don't want to be swept away. So, But what we're noticing is that people become more demonized the more offended they get, the more unforgiveness they carry. They begin to become a mouthpiece for the demons, and the demons speak accusations through them and slander the righteous. And the righteous need to be ready for this kind of slander because it's not coming from the world. It's coming from those who profess to know Jesus Christ. And so the slander and the accusation and the warfare and and all the stuff, it hits closer to home when you're a Christian and Christians do this to you rather than the world. I mean, if the world does it, I could do it. I think it was King David who said, if it had been my enemies, I could abhor it, but it was my familiar friend that walked with me into the house of the Lord that betrayed me. See, these are the hardcore things, but regardless, our heart and our, and remember what the heart is, it is the seat of our emotions. And our mind is that, that compartmentalized of who we are, spirit, soul, and body. And our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions, our thoughts, our memories, our, you know, all these things. So you have your heart, the seat of the emotions where all the disturbances happen, okay? The soul, the imagination, the thoughts, the memories, the words, everything we think, our soul, these are the areas of bombardment. This is where the enemy is really trying to get people to flinch. God is wanting to bring his kids to a place of overcoming so that we're not led about by our emotions. We're not led about by our feelings or our thoughts, that we are standing firm in faith in the word of God and that we're keeping the love of God as a sacred treasure in our hearts so that we don't lose love for anybody, God, neighbor, enemies. We have to maintain the love of God. And that's not to say that we don't go through some very difficult trials. Um, and yet we learn scripturally 
that we are to rejoice when people say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. If you're at peace with God in your heart, then you rejoice in what will happen. It's all about maintaining your love, not letting um, the enemy get hold of your heart. And there are many people out there that really do operate in hate. You don't agree with them, they hate you. I could care less if you agree with me or not. I'm going to speak the truth in love. And I hope that people will be taught by the things that God has brought us out on the airwaves to share. Uh, We're not here by our own doing. We didn't force this into being. This is a calling of God. And we've learned a lot of lessons. So we're going to share through the word. And that's why this week I want you to be prepared. From tomorrow morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning, get ready because we're just going to keep bringing the word of God, dealing with doctrines that are blinding people, quite frankly, from what they really need to be doing right now. So that's my take on it. That's my take on it. And since uh, we have um, just a moment here, I'm going to say goodbye once again. Remember, OmegaRadio.org, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. OmegaRadio.org. Right now, Patricia Joy Xavier is with a roundtable of individuals that are discussing prevalent, very important things for the salvation of the soul and deliverance. You may want to go there right now. OmegaRadio.org. Remember, you can watch us live, and you can tell your friends about this if you want to watch live by going to OmegaRadio.org. At OmegaRadio.org, there's a watch live and a listen live tab. If you want to just listen, hit the listen live tab. If you want to watch, you can hit the watch live tab, all on OmegaRadio.org. You can't be censored there. We can say whatever needs to be said, and we want it to be said well. You could also go to Blog Talk Radio and listen on your telephone. If you don't have a computer, all you have to do is grab your phone, dial the number, 818 389-0326. You could tune in and listen on Blog Talk Radio. And you could also call into the program and share your thoughts and ideas. We also have NWM Global, and that's where all the information about New Wine Ministries, NWM, New Wine Ministry. So we have nwmglobal.org. Tells about the Feast of Tabernacles, the time, the place, speakers, et cetera, et cetera. That's available to you as well. So many, many ways to get involved. And then, of course, YouTube. We're broadcasting on YouTube at Vincent Xavier. And the 483 subscribers that were on New Wine Radio, they need to shift over to Vincent Xavier, but eventually they're going to want to take that off too. YouTube is a very controlling entity that doesn't like you to speak your own mind or opinion uh, against their narrative. And so we know who they are, but we're going to, as long as we can, Facebook. We're on there as well. We'll probably be off of that very soon. And we're just waiting for the day that that comes to an end. And we're okay with that because I'm confident that the day will come when God's going to shut everything down. He will have said everything that needs to be said and that we're just going to be moving on. And I hope that you're going to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now and always. Okay, so that's it for me. OmegaRadio.org, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Waiting to hear you. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless. In Jesus' name.